I'm David Callis. Salona is working with a, a bunch of partners, MNOs, and customers really to bring enterprise 5G to bear for all the different digital transformation initiatives. But, you know, based on what we've seen, we're convinced that not just 5G, but private wireless in general for the enterprise will really change the network world. For RCR Wireless News, this is Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. Before we get into the 5G discussion, we like to get to know our guests a little bit better by posing three questions from the Proust questionnaire. David, you ready for those? I sure am, man. All right. Question number one, what is the trait you most deplore in others? I'd have to say, uh, I guess hubris because it it kind of mutes your perspective and, and and bolsters bias which i don't really care for so i'd say hubris and question number two which living person do you most admire oh man uh there's a guy in southern california his name is john MacArthur. he's an old-time pastor guy at grace community church i i he's my guy and question number three, what is your greatest extravagance? Yeah, well, Sean, this is a little embarrassing, so sorry. I I I like dry ice lemon drops. There's this place that serves twenty dollar dry ice lemon drops and they they bubble and they smoke and it's embarrassing, but I dig them. So David, I really appreciate you coming on to the show to talk about Salona's approach to private networks. Uh, you know, as I look back on the run of the entire program, I, I think a lot of the conversations about the really world-changing applications of 5G are, are kind of tied to conversations around private networks. But before we get into all that, maybe you can give our audience a bit of background on Salona in terms of your funding rounds, your 5G product, and your your partner deals. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Salona is based in Silicon Valley in Campbell, California. We were founded in 2019 uh, by four guys, all, all engineers slash executives who had worked at various uh, Wi-Fi companies and cellular companies. One of our founders was at Qualcomm for 20 plus years. The other founder, for example, was at uh, Federated Wireless in Aruba for you know a decade plus. So, so we have a lot of experience in both those worlds, the telecom world as well as the, the Wi-Fi world. We've raised about three rounds. Uh, well, we've raised exactly three rounds, about a hundred, a little bit north of a hundred million dollars. Um, our investors are pretty much a who's who of, of folks. Uh, Norwest, Qualcomm, for example, invested, NTT invested, Lightspeed, Digital Bridge, and there's others. Um, and then we launched our first product, uh, our first 5G LAN product, in uh, November of 2020, 2020. Um, so it was about a year after we we started looking at at getting money and what we were going to do. Uh, that's what we did. We, our our really our focus was we knew how the enterprise wanted to consume wireless because we'd been selling it to them for quite some time. Um, but cellular was a new twist on things, and we knew that there were some inherent uh, advantages in it. So our challenge was how do we you know, build a system that could be easily consumed by the IT group and 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 leverage all the things that they'd already done in their networks, and add a kind of a, a component that added a lot of value. So that's that's what we did, and we we labeled it 5G LAN um, because we wanted folks to 
uh, I mean, 5G is really just the access method to the LAN, but uh, it, it's really a local area network that uses 5G as the access method, but it, it, it's integrated with the existing LAN. So that's that's where we've been. And, and to date, you know, we've we've seen nothing but but up and to the right in terms of, of customers and, and, and market, market adoption. And at that time when we launched, you know, private wireless really wasn't a thing. But since that time, it's become a big thing. So we've seen a lot of folks jump into it in, in a big way, the Nokias of the world, the Ericsson's, Cradle Points, uh, and, and others. So, you know, being, being first to market is great. It doesn't mean you're going to win that market or you're going to be successful. But I think um, because of what we've done, I think there's there's good chance that we will be. So you kind of set me up for my next question with your comment around understanding how enterprises want to consume cellular. And really, that that is the question. How do they want to consume cellular? How do you keep that graph going up and to the right? And, and then I, I just maybe append to that based on your engagements, whether that's with a partner or directly with a customer, are you noticing any trend lines that kind of speak to common points of complexity that, that need to be addressed? Yeah, good question. Uh, we've learned a lot uh, since we launched. Uh, really, generally speaking, there's there, there's three things that, that enterprises want when it comes to wireless. Uh, they, they want control they want connectivity and they want coverage um those are the three things they really want now when you when you say enterprise wireless the first thing people think of is wi-fi so so there's this inherent battle in people's minds of, of wi-fi versus cellular and every vendor on the planet will tell you oh you know wi-fi doesn't compete with cellular well it does but it doesn't so two things can be true at the same time um Every customer that we've won, that we've deployed, and there's there's hundreds now, um, they've, they've deployed cellular to solve a problem that Wi-Fi just simply couldn't. That doesn't mean they abandon Wi-Fi, but, but there's some inherent problems with Wi-Fi that cellular just is better suited to solve. But, but when it comes to consuming cellular, a lot of enterprises get a little overwhelmed with the technology. And and we've taken the tact of of making it what we call in marketing ease, you know, IT friendly. That's just to say that that we've constructed a, a solution that can be integrated with the existing layer two, layer three LAN, and and leverage. What's really important is leveraging all the things that that enterprises have already put in place. That means their their security systems, their firewalls, their their DHCP servers, their 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 NAC systems. Um, their VLAN structures, their IP domain structures. If you can fit into that directly, then cellular becomes not as as complex a thing as as people think it is. So you don't need to be a 3GPP expert. We kind of mask all that complexity and and offer the solution like you would a wireless LAN uh, with all the components fully integrated because that's really what customers want. Not every customer, but most customers want you know, they want a complete system that's all optimized to work together. When I say complete system, I'm, I'm talking about the RAN. I'm talking about, you know, cellular access points. I'm talking about the core software service, you know, the the, the 3GPP core. And I'm talking about SIM cards and, and eSIMs and and how you manage it all. So, uh, you know, getting past that complexity point a lot of times takes a lot of education. And in any market that's new, there's always this education 
problem, you know, because it's new and people don't always want to be the first on the block to, to adopt it. But if you can make it, if you can take the friction out of this, out of cellular and, and apply it and, and allow the enterprise to apply it to what they already have, it's, it's, it's not a heavy lift. And then they can still, then they can start to think about, okay, now I can solve some problems that I just haven't been able to solve with my existing wireless, you know, whether it's a carrier wireless or, or whether it's Wi-Fi. Um, so I think that's that's kind of some of the things we've learned. And, and the other thing is that we've learned is that, you know, solving a specific problem really is what's most important. I, I mean, private wireless for the sake uh, of, of private wireless, just because it's new and does something different is great. But if you can solve your problem with Wi-Fi, then do it. But the, but the problem is a lot of times companies can't. So so while, you know, Wi-Fi and, and cellular, you know, are mutually exclusive, there is some competition there um, because, you know, Wi-Fi is trying to look more like cellular in terms of its deterministic connectivity and, you know, using OFDM and, and those kinds of things. And, and cellular is trying to look more like Wi-Fi. So eventually there's some kind of convergence, but we think that convergence will primarily come in, in, in the area of policy and, and management. Hi, everyone. Sean here. I wanted to take a moment to tell you that this episode of Will 5G Change the World is presented in partnership with NetScout. NetScout provides the power of seamless visibility into the performance, availability, and security risks across any network, any data center, any cloud, 5G, and more. Read more at netscout.com. Now let's get back to our conversation. So David, ahead of uh, this recording, I was reading an interview with one of your colleagues, and it's a interesting point that I was hoping to get some perspective from you on. But to paraphrase, he was making the point that a lot of people think of 5G as a radio upgrade, which is true, but not really complete. Uh, And then he kind of discussed 5G more as a a software architecture evolution. So could you maybe kind of lay that out for us? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, 5G or cellular is much different because how it was constructed, it was really constructed in the cloud or for for cloud in, in, with a, with a cloud mentality and all the principles of cloud networking, um, and and when people think about uh, cellular private wireless, they think oh it's cellular, but but cellular is just the access mechanism, right? The real value uh, with with uh, cellular and private wireless is, is what you can do once folks get on the network. You know, being able to control the traffic, being able to do special things for applications in terms of quality of service. Um, and that's all software. So so private wireless fundamentally is a software play, even though you do need access points to provide access. Um, but but anybody's cellular access points will deliver pretty much the same type of access. What differentiates cellular is then what you can do with that traffic and some of the some of the advanced kinds of traffic management things you can do uh, to make it more valuable. Because at the end of the day, customers care about how the applications and the user experience is, is, uh, is done. The, the, the network is still plumbing. It's, it's like electricity, but once you plug it in, you know, you want to be able to ensure that those applications and those users are getting the uplink and downlink bandwidth are getting the kind of latency that they require and, and, and doing it on a per, you know, application or per device basis. That, that's where the value really starts to to be created. I also wanted to talk to you about Europe. Uh, my colleague James Blackman, who I would encourage our listeners to to follow, 
covers private wireless very closely, and uh, he mentioned that you all were making a, a big push in Europe. So just how are you thinking about that addressable market, particularly in the context of uh, dedicated spectrum being made available to enterprises in a, a number of kind of heavily industrialized parts of the continent? Well, James Blackman probably knows more about private wireless than our entire company. That guy's a brain. Um, plus, he can write. Uh, he's a smart fella. Um, yeah, we're we see the, the biggest market opportunity, uh, both near term and long term. Not just the U.S. because most of our customers today are are, are U.S. based. You know, using CBRS and the and the three point five to three point seven mid band spectrum, but you know, when you sell to a multinational, which we have, uh, you know, with folks like, you know, BMW and, and Del Conca and, you know, Dot Foods and some other folks, uh, they all have international sites. And, and Europe doesn't, Europe never really had a 4G system. They, 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 they have, they've gone right to 5G. So the biggest opportunity we see is, is for 5G in particular, uh, no question is in the in the um, is in the is in Europe, um, and we we've, we've actually landed some you know huge multi million dollar contracts with petrochemical companies who have sites and and what they want to sites all over the place in Europe, and what they want to be able to do is they want to be able to take a a a, a single kind of friction free architecture and they want to cookie cut that across their sites so they'll take one site and they'll say okay. Here's the use case. It's connected workers or it's AGVs or it's some latency sensitive application. And there's a, a large coverage area and they'll they'll taste test it and they'll put it in. If it works, then they'll take that architecture, which is very for us, it's very straightforward. Um, and then they'll cookie cut that across other sites and then manage that through a multi-tenant cloud system. And uh, so in the UK uh, and in Europe and Germany and in France and in the Nordics, we see a huge opportunity for uh, for private wireless and more specifically for 5G, 5G and R services uh, everywhere. And, and and the use cases are they transcend vertical markets. So it's you know the low lying fruit. A lot of people think, and, and it's true, is the industrial sector, you know, the oil and gases of the world, and 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 the manufacturing sites and and site and logistics where there's lots of coverage area. A lot of it's outdoors, but but it becomes very every every vertical market has an application for which uh, packet loss or latency or or throughput, you know, is is non-negotiable, and cellular. Uh, by definition, gives you that deterministic uh, uh, kind of guarantee. Uh, you can control latency specifically. You can control uplink and downlink specifically. The I think the rub really becomes in the near term is getting the device manufacturers to support all the different flavors of of five G because they're, they're not all codified across the across the world. We are seeing uh, shared spectrum now beginning to to be codified in a sense in terms when i say codified what i mean is the 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 swath of spectrum that that telecom uh, regulators will allow to be shared Um, the mechanisms are still different from country to country and and cbrs is quite unique in the u.s in terms of how they do that with with uh 
the spectrum allocation systems run by Federated and Google and such. Um, but what's my point? My point is, yeah, Europe is is going to be one of the fastest growing markets, if not the fastest growing market, we think. Um, and, and there's don't forget Southeast Asia and Asia, because that, that'll be big, too. But that uses band 79 in um, in in the U.S. They're using fundamentally band 48, which is CBRS outside the U.S. and Europe. They're using band 77, band 78. And it, it kind of varies from country to country. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of opportunity in, in Salona. Uh, what we've done is we've built up now a whole presence in throughout Europe to focus on uh, those large both U.S. based multinationals and specific multinationals headquartered in in um, in, in Europe. And we see that as a, as a big uh, a big opportunity. All right. And I, I wanted to circle back to something you, you referenced, and that's connecting into layer two. So the genesis of this recording is uh, I wrote a story about brownfield private networks and the kind of complexity that comes with yeah. connecting legacy OT systems to a, a yep. 5G network. And that's that a good one. Yeah, that's just that's the hard work, right? That's that's digital transformation is connecting a 20 year old machine and getting meaningful telemetry off of it. So just how are you all kind of generally doing this thinking about it and and what does it mean for the business and i ask that question because to me that seems like a big differentiator just not acknowledgement of it but actually doing it in the field every day yeah it's a good question uh, sean uh uh a lot of this stuff isn't sexy but it's got teeth there's a lot of systems out there uh that do process automation that that were built a long time ago uh uh, things that can, you know, when I say process automation, I'm talking about a device that talks to a, a programmable logic controller, a PLC. And and so you have these two different devices. You have the device on one end doing something, but it's getting its control instructions from a controller somewhere on the network. And, and that typically is 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 used by layer two protocols. 5G and, and cellular, by definition, is a layer three protocol. So how do you solve that problem? Because these devices want to go wireless. They really want to be mobile. We're talking about, you know, robots and automated guided vehicles. And there's there's protocols like Profinet, um, which is a, a, a long time Ethernet protocol that, that really operates over layer two. So so how do you exploit all the benefits that cellular gives you in terms of latency and and better connectivity and better coverage for those systems that that require a layer two protocol. So we we recently introduced support for that by being able to tunnel uh, traffic uh, dynamically uh, for ProfitNet over over layer two traffic over a layer three connection. Um, and that that really helps solve that problem and, and opens doors for uh, manufacturers and, and companies that have these systems that aren't necessarily brand new, but still want to take advantage of uh, of cellular and, and all the benefits that that it brings to the table and it, to kind of return to our our core question here around 5g changing the world you mentioned some of your customers earlier but any particular customer stories you can share with our audience that would maybe give us some more context around how 5g particularly private 5g can be a force that will genuinely change these global important industries yeah uh, uh the one that comes to mind is 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 bmw for example um uh they have a massive uh 
manufacturing and in, uh, inventory warehouse in South Carolina. They have these, uh, you know, 50 plus what they call hostlers. They have, you know, like 1500 of those and they put inventory in them and they have this massive, massive uh, facility. Uh, they wanted to automate that because typically they would what they would have to do is they'd have to go into each truck if they needed a, spe- a special part and they'd have to identify where that part was go to that truck and they're all spread all over a, a several mile facility and find it so what they wanted to do is uh, they wanted to automate that and being able to have this these these hostlers pick up these trucks with the inventory and bring them to where they need to be to kind of speed time to market um they tried to do that and they 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 really couldn't get that accomplished with existing conventional wireless technology so when they came to private cellular we were able to solve that problem for them um and and solve it in a way that was not only cost effective but you know gave them the opportunity to use that same network for other things they just haven't been like video surveillance for example and some other things they just hadn't been able to to get to work properly and that that really helps to transform their actual business in terms of hours it takes to, to get stuff done time to market quality of the product and and that's what it's all about that's that's where digital transformation really is meaningful beyond the buzzword in terms of making the business more profitable more agile um and 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 you know what what you want the network to do to make that business work um and there's other companies like uh there's another one um uh, Del Conca, I mentioned that earlier. They're an Italian manufacturing company with sites throughout Italy and and sites in the U.S. They have they make fine Italian marble, and they have this large production facility um, in Loudoun, uh, Tennessee. Um, and they have these. They're not really AGVs, but I guess they are. They're they're automated uh, pickers, I guess you'd call them. They're large pickers, and they've got a ton of them inside of a building. And and what they wanted to do was to actually have those pick, pick, uh, pickers be able to get instructions from their PLC or from their the, a server on the, the, the network. Um, and these things move around, you know, these things move around at, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour or, or less. Um, and, and they go and literally pick up materials in the manufacturing facility and production facility and and they move it to the right place so that the production can be more optimized and they can they can automate all of this now they they just couldn't get that to work with with wi-fi because the environment changes so often um that that, and wi-fi tends to be a best effort technology um and so you know one day it might work just fine another day it might not because of interference or because of there were a bunch of people in the area or a bunch of, you know, uh, new materials that were placed in a certain area are uh, attenuating the signal. Cellular doesn't didn't have that problem. So w- w- instead of deploying 40 or 50 more uh, access points inside and outside, you know, they, they put up eight and they covered the whole area and and solved that problem. And the point is they're able to improve the the and streamline the production and, and the facilities management, the inventory management uh, of this stuff. And they, and they can speed time to market. And again, it's kind of the same example, but in a different industry, but those are some of the, the, the use cases where the technology really does uh, support the transformation of a business in a way that that's beneficial to that business. And there's, there's many other examples. I could give you, but those are the two that kind of that come to, come to mind. Yeah, those are great examples. They really kind of 
make it so apparent the value that the network's bringing and then it's just so easy for me to think well look what we've done at one site let's do it at all the sites and then we're living yeah. in a totally different world david it sounds like the team at salona is doing all the right things to keep that line continuing to move up and to the right so i really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me and to answer that question will 5g change the world yep let's hope so i think it will <laughs> <laughs>